Waking the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks is back. We are excited to announce that at least our collective bargaining agreement was ratified and we are back for a second season of the show. We have quite the guest to kick off the year as well. Toronto FC EMLS athlete Phil Balky will stop by to talk League Series 1 qualifiers and plenty more about being the club's first ETH sports athlete. We also have plenty of news to catch up on as well, including Greg Vanny's move to LAFC being or LA Galaxy, rather. Wow, that's in my head now, and I'm going to do it every time. But <laughs> going to LA Galaxy, we also have both national teams to talk about as well. But first, since it is a new season of the show, formal introductions probably in order. My name is Mitchell Tierney, editor at Waking the Red. We've got Jeffrey Pete Nesker as well, communications manager. How are you doing, Jeff? Hey, good, good, good. Check it and out. Of uh-huh. course, we got Mike. <laughs> I had to bring out the hat today, you know, just so yeah. much can stare at it all day long. Big, big season kicking off tomorrow. So, uh, you know, got to support the buds, the local buds. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason for those uh, frosty introductions there. But no, that is Michael Singh, our managing editor. <laughs> Uh, but let's let's dive into it uh, right away here, boys. Uh, Greg Vanny, we we knew this was coming, but Greg Vanny is is going to LA Galaxy. I got it right this time. Um, it's been a week since the announcement was made. He's going to be their head coach and technical director. Pretty unsurprising news, but uh, you know, uh, what are your thoughts now that it's official? Uh, the same thoughts last week. I was going to say the same thoughts we've had for like the past month because everybody eventually knew this was going to happen as soon as he stepped down from TFC. Um, but yeah, now that it is in place, I think we can finally start to turn the page and hopefully look forward to what TFC has in store for us. And, you know, we wish Greg Bain the best of luck, except for when he faces us and comes to BMO Field, of course. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like Jeff's reaction has gone up and down. I mean, I feel like he accepted it a little bit, and then he saw that video of of Greg Vanny, you know, walking out onto the the pitch there, and I think he lost his mind for a little bit there again. And now it might be back to to calmer again. But um, what are your what are your thoughts now, Jeff? Well, yeah, I mean, what a difference a week makes. I was ready to roast him on a spit last week, and and this week <laughs> I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm okay with a little bit of Chris Armas action, and that's down to uh, to our uh, friend of the show and then former managing editor Charlie O'Connor Clark, who uh, who really uh, drilled in the uh, the benefits of uh, of uh, the unsexy Chris Armas hire, and uh, as to why it might end up being kind of sexy. Uh, and uh, you know, TFC has a really good uh, reputation with distressed assets who've got something to prove, and I think that that. If you open up the MLS dictionary right now, you know, distressed asset with something to prove might actually be Chris Armis's picture. So I'm uh, I think I'm OK with it. Yeah. So why don't, let, let's talk about why, you know, it, I, I was on the same boat originally as you, Jeff, mm-hmm. kind of rubbed me the wrong way when I saw Chris Armis's, you know, rumored to TFC. And that's simply because of the obvious, which is the Red Bull connection and, you know, I think from a Toronto FC fan perspective, growing up here in the city, we don't want to see Toronto FC become the New York Red Bulls. That, that's just an initial reaction whenever you hear any other, you know, another manager or coach is linked to Toronto FC that used to be at New York Red Bulls. That's just natural. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, Mitch, you had some some good points as to what Chris Armas could potentially bring if he is, you know, the, the Toronto FC next head coach, which we don't know because I think they've narrowed it down. He is on that list, but um there are some other candidates too but yeah mitch what do do you think that chris armis could bring that's that's really positive well my thinking on that is just that you know the new york red bulls aren't the worst thing to become in in the sense that you know in in, as insofar as developing players and and selling them off and even you know the benefits that those players have obviously had to the first team squad um i mean we can talk about the run of supporter shields obviously they haven't quite gotten it done in the playoffs yet but um, I think that's a major positive. And I think with the talent that Toronto FC has, you know, coming in, a, a coach coming in with that mentality of of being able to integrate these talented players into the first team and, and doing so in that way would be awesome. But at the same time, it's Toronto FC. They're never not going to spend the, that money on those designated players. And that's the difference between Toronto FC and the New York Red Bulls. And that's what's, you know, going to keep Toronto FC in that upper echelon, whereas the Red Bulls will probably, you know, go up and down in terms of what talent they have currently, who they sold off recently, that sort of thing. And that's why I think Toronto FC fans should be excited. 
<laughs> what, what did George just write? I love it, but what, what, what happened here? Um, who is responsible for Red Bulls being the dirtiest club we've had to play against the last few years? And is it Armist doing? I wouldn't like TFC to be brute 33. <laughs> Which is which is a very deep cologne cut, or, or maybe it isn't. Um, uh, is I he wondering who's responsible for the tunnel fights, or because that was uh, that was under Jesse yeah, that Marsh? Was, yeah, that was under Jesse Marsh. I mean, this is, <laughs> and that and that circles right back to my key issue, right? Armis failed at coming in uh, right after an established coach and trying to maybe put a little sprinkle on an established system. Isn't that? almost entirely what his mandate would be at TFC? I don't know if he completely failed. I mean, they went on to win the Supporters' Shield that year that he did take over. Um, and then, you know, from, from what I've seen, I mean, I feel like this has just been Red Bulls in general. I think that, I guess you are right here. This, he continued that high pressing, uh, you know, I, I found it sort of exciting because they're always playing on the front foot uh, type of sort of style of play that you know what george is referring to like the red bulls are sort of that dirty team because they will stick a foot in they will you know mm -hmm. they, they make sure they get on you in the press so um yeah. in terms of that style play, i think that's what he is i think that's his sort of identity his mo um i would love to see that implemented at toronto fc mm -hmm. um i think tfc are, as is one of the best teams in the league i think feel like you have to play like that you have to play like you're better than the rest of the competition and you know you can't give up space on the field and i think that's something that chris armis sort of brings in um again there are question marks as to you know if he is a step up from grip from greg vanny uh mm -hmm. with toronto fc you know bill manning ali curtis saying they weren't afraid to sort of spend at this position at the head coaching position i mean is that a step up ultimately when you think about some of the other names that were rumored like Patrick Vieira, Laurent Blanc, um, and then, you know, you hear Chris Armas. So I guess from a TFC fan perspective, that's a little bit of a letdown. Um, yeah. It's but not a fancy hire. End of the day, neither was Greg Vanny uh, when, yeah. when exactly. he was first hired. So, you know, we have to, I guess, you know, so far Bill Manning hasn't really done us wrong when, when appointing new coaches or anything like that. So perhaps we have to put our faith in it's, him and understand he is going to do the right. It's sample size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. Yeah. He's uh, one for one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but Manning, to your point, Manning certainly does have the experience within the league of, of you know, getting the most out of his coaches and finding good coaching candidates. So, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't our inventor who was the, the best Toronto FC head coach of all time. It was Greg Vanny, you know, the the limited uh, academy uh, coach who, who came up, a limited experience academy coach that came up and, and was able to coach this team to, to success. So in MLS especially, you know, it's not always the, the resume that will determine the best coach just because of all the wild ins and outs, the travel, that sort of thing. Um, maybe especially... A lot of questions. We're going to answer a lot of questions because one of the mm -hmm. big knocks against Vanny was, was it his tactical acumen or was it the fact that he had Seba and Josie and Bradley and Shore and blah, 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 blah. And so now we're going to see with Armas, can you do with this? Can you do with pause what you couldn't do with Kaku essentially? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I think that that's a necessary evolution in the club. Um, certainly we're, we're not the 2017 squad, so it's not going to be a like for like, and the league isn't the same as it was in 2017. But, uh, you know, we're going to get that question answered. Uh, certainly, you know, certainly Chris Armas is going to answer that question. Yeah, I think Will's kind of echoing your thoughts there. Mm -hmm. Even though Manny accomplished a lot, who's to say if we had another coach, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done even better. Um, like like we said, small sample size. But I, I, let's not take anything away from Greg Vanny before we get too sidetracked yeah, here. I yeah. mean, he's, well, if he's we had done, done a show last week, I was prepared to take everything away from him. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But yeah, no, he's done wonders with this club, like behind the scenes as well. I mean, there's a reason why people are so emotional when he was departing. Um, it's because, you know, the connections that he made behind the scenes and the impact that he had, you know, within the club. And that's that's really it can't be measured, but it's, it's so important and keeping that chemistry up and um, that will be missed for sure. And I think that's, that's a crucial feature they're looking for in their next coach. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You said it can't be measured. And I think it can be measured against how quickly he was out the door. I mean, all of that wonderful lip service, all of those wonderful connections he made and ties to the city. It didn't necessarily amount to a hill of beans when, 
an offer was on the table from <laughs> from LA Galaxy. I mean, sorry, but but you know, I'm I'm not ready to venerate the guy yet. I I I don't I don't think that it's the same as Seba. Uh, can you not do both though? What do you mean? Can, can you not you? can you not be a good person and also depart at the end of your contract? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Did he? I don't think so. Not in the slightest. Not did in the he slightest. What, what 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 did he not was do that he, I say was Was it? he gracious on the way out? No, because I think it I think the whole story is still uh, unraveling. You know, we we we've heard enough uh, 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 on the periphery about, um, you know, how switched off he was and, and, you know, how, how almost at the midpoint of the season, how switched off he was, um, you know, that's, it's not Seba, right. It's not, it's not where we can go and say, you know, the, the lion's share of 2018, you spent absorbed with your own renegotiations, but it's, it's a lot closer than we'd like to think. It's a lot closer than than TFC Live would be like to would be like to think. Go All ahead, right. Mitch. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have too much more to to add on that at, at the moment. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Certainly, with the it sounds like Toronto FC's head coaching. Uh, well, searches. Yeah, down. sorry. What I, what I will say before we move on is I think yeah. I don't think you're alone in that sentiment, Jeff. I think a lot of TFC fans are, are left angry and they're left um, disappointed that Greg Vanny left in sort of the manner that he did. And um, that was that he had, he had a contract offer on the table since July. Um, He said he was mulling it over, whatever, whatever to the media Um, said that, you know, it was, it was all but a done deal to the media. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, behind the scenes, a couple days after the season, obviously he informs Bill Manning and Ali Curtis when they tell him that they need a decision that, you know, he, he is going to indeed move on. So, um, of course, the, the question is always going to be, did Greg Vanny know all, all this time that he was leaving Toronto? Um, what I will raise up is, I mean, look at 2020 and the year that we lived, man. I don't mm-hmm. think Greg Vanny expected his year to go how it did. I don't think he had, I think contract negotiations were at the back of his, his mind when everything is going down. When you think about, is Toronto FC going to play in, in 2020? Are they going to play at BMO Field? Where are they going to play? And then you think about, you know, the MLS is back tournament going down there. And in between all of this, you have all the COVID protocols. So, I mean, is it perhaps that 2020 impacted his decision? How poorly it was being I, away home from home? Away I, from I home? think so, but that sucks. Right, like, has 2020 affected our love of TFC? Has has the, have them playing in Hartford in any way lessened our 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 staunch? Uh, have we been uh, away uh, from? Yeah, I didn't have to. I didn't have to say no, 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 away yeah. from my family for. Yeah, I think it's a like little different. To watch Toronto That's a fair point. That's a fair um, point. And he, I mean, after all, Greg Vanny did give the club what, like, six years? Like, that is an eternity in soccer years. Like. I think we all accepted that at some point Vanny was going to move on. I mean, he was a very wanted coach. There were the U.S. men's national team rumors for a long Thank time. I, I think he left the club at a time where there, there's a natural evolution, right? Like Josie and Michael's times at the club are, are probably winding down to some degree. Seba's already gone. Like there's going to be a new era of Toronto FC regardless. And I think at, at some point you probably want a, a new face in there because I do think as Greg Vanny said, he, you know, he wanted to move on to to build another project elsewhere. It does sting a little that he went to LA Galaxy, but yeah, great oh, points. Sure. Great yeah. points, yeah. Mitch. Um, I, I, I have two points. The first is um, you're, you're, you know, you, it's never going to be an easy thing to leave a relationship when you've fallen out of love with the person and they still love you, right? Like they'll always be hurt feelings. But the thing that I keep coming back to is Dan Savage's uh, campfire rule, Savage Love, the the sex and romance columnist. And his rule is you always leave the campsite in a better condition than when you arrive. And I'm not entirely sure that we're, that, that, that it, we can say that in this case. Wait, what? Yeah, I know. Do you know what TFC was before No. Oh my god. What did you mean by that? Sorry. Elaborate. Objectively, I mean he's not he's not leaving it in tip top shape. You know, there's there's enough holes. It's pretty dang good. They have a consistent roster of veterans coming back. They have some of the up and coming brightest young talent coming through. Their roster is almost full. They need to fill like one, two, three positions and. 
I don't know, man. They've been consistent for the past couple of years. I think it's by far Toronto is the most appealing job on the MLS market. And that it's for a reason. And it's because of the state that it's been left in. And it's the the people that are still there, too. So, I don't know, Jeff. Like, you're fighting an uphill battle. And I'm going to throw elbows, and that's just the way it is. No, fair enough. Because, like, I appreciate you (laughs) offering this because and and being honest. Because I I really do think you speak for a lot of TSV fans. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, for what I've seen, there is a lot of frustration, especially towards Greg Vanny. And I think a lot of that also stems from the fact TFC have yet to name their, their new head coach. And hopefully, you know, that comes sooner rather than later. But... I mean, I, I think if it would be better if TSC had a coach in place and then Greg Vanny sort of departed, I think this that would sting sort of less. You know what I mean? There's still that Anybody gap. Anybody watched that his, uh, his his video hits and and uh, his appearance on the Extra Time uh, podcast? I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. I heard he was pretty uh, pretty emotional there about TFC, and I heard he slipped up a few times. I think Rollins tweeted that out. That he slipped up a few fans and called the uh, LA Galaxy TFC, perhaps, or maybe TFC Wii or something like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's still fresh. He's been here, he's been here for so long. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I certainly don't think he's he's just giving lip service to how difficult this decision was, considering, as you said, in, in a lot of those interviews, he still talks at length and glowingly about all the things he did with Toronto FC and all the things they accomplished and. You know, he, he still, you can tell he still thinks about Toronto FC a lot. Um, Is that just muscle memory, though? Like, I mean, if you worked at a place for six years, you know, how long is it going to take us to call Montreal Impact FC Montreal, right? <laughs> We're still calling it the Sky Dome, right? Like, I don't I don't That's know that. a single person that calls it the That's Lord. a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah. You know. All right. Uh, I think... Guys. I think Phil will be joining us shortly here, but um, okay. before before we get to him, um, as I don't think he's here at the moment just yet, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, let's talk just a tiny bit about the Canadian men's national team camp just because uh, we got some exciting updates this week, I think, and, and one of which, you know, obviously there's probably going to be some more roster news dropping soon about uh, who might travel and who might not. Yeah. Um, but... From a Toronto FC perspective, of course, Shaquille Marshall-Ruti joining the group. We know Jaden Nelson went down last year. Um, John Herdman getting an early look at some of these players who could be very important to him or or, or to whoever is the Canadian coach um, in the next little bit. Um, sorry, that sounded like I was saying John Herdman's on his way out. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying uh, it's more of an age Breaking thing. Breaking news, you heard it here yeah. first. Mr. Canada It might be another, you know, three, four, five years before Jaquiel uh, is maybe a consistent player with the Canadian men's national team just because of some of the other options they have there. Um, mm. But with that, with that being said, I think exciting news, certainly for Toronto FC fans, certainly for Canadian fans as well, that, you know, this young player is, is already – being looked at as potential senior men's national team uh, stock. Mm-hmm. Right. Shout out, Jaquille. The two Liam's uh, lost out on their spots because <laughs> one won't be released for travel and the other one's injured, right? Yeah, I heard Liam Frazier. I'm told it's, it's nothing serious. It's just being precautious of a little ankle injury that he picked up. Uh, big <laughs> big 2021 MLS campaign coming ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously. Um, but... Yeah, without further ado, I think we should we should bring Phil on, our boy. Oh, he's here, yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah. Hey, yeah now joined by uh, Toronto FC eSports Pro, Phil Balky, uh, currently quali- in the qualifying process for EMLS League Series 1. Uh, it's a game day for you, so uh, thanks so much for, for talking to us. Yeah, no worries. I uh, appreciate you guys for having me on here. Did we get it right, Phil Balky? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we'll we'll certainly get into qualifying soon, but uh, give us your origin story here. How did you end up being Toronto FC's uh, first esports athlete? Um, It was in FIFA 17 where I qualified for the World Cup. Like back then, there was like no EMLS or anything. Um, It was only FIFA EA major events, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, coming back after placed like top four in the World Cup and saying, man, I wish I could sign for TFC. Like, I wonder if the MLS is going to do a league, right? And then fast forward before FIFA 18 started, um, I got an email from MLSE saying that they are willing to get into the EMLS and that the EMLS is going to be a league for MLS, right? And honestly, 
fast forward three years later and I'm still here and I love it. I love representing the Reds, you know, internationally, even when I go to EA major events, everyone doesn't know who Toronto FC is. So, you know, putting Toronto on like the map. For sure. He is uh he is one of our own, the very own mm-hmm. Phil B ninety four. Um he gets hooked up with the free Toronto FC swag. He is he's <laughs> honestly he's living the dream of like what all of us want to do. He was literally representing Toronto FC. I mean, yeah. come on. Um but <laughs> Phil, you're a little so sick. It's like red and black. <laughs> you're a little <laughs> humble there and uh, about your beginnings there and you're you're coming up. I understand that you weren't you weren't born in, in Canada, right? Yeah, no, I was I was born in Iraq. Actually, immigrated to Canada around uh, two thousand three. Right, and when you were at Iraq, how did you discover, you know, that that you know you were good at, at playing FIFA? Like, how does that come about? Honestly, I think it went back to like when my uncle and my dad would like, because back then we didn't have like consoles or anything like you know, other states in Canada had consoles. You know, people kids grew up having don't even know what consoles were back in the day, like PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. I'd say PlayStation Two, right? Yeah, and we didn't oh, have yeah. that back then. We would just rent it because it was so expensive. So when I came here, I ended up getting uh, what was that? It was the original Xbox? Oh yeah, first Christmas in Canada, I ended that up with the original thing. Xbox. <laughs> and ever, ever since then, I've been so hooked into like gaming, you know, just in general. So how did you discover like you're better than everyone else? <laughs> Man, I, I I don't know. I think that's just like a natural thing. Even even when I play with my friends, they're like, we didn't know you were this good. Then I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, like, I don't know I was this good either until, you know, <laughs> FIFA 17 when I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take it serious. EA is going to do a bunch of events and see so where it takes me. Is it just FIFA or are we talking other games that you have thumbs at? Oh, I'm, I'm honestly, like, pretty good at 2K as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Raptors Uprising, Shane yeah. Talbot. I know you're probably watching out there. Come on. <laughs> I know you have a draft spot. Let's get a little But not hockey. You didn't, you're not. Uh, uh, no, I did play I did play a bunch of NHL as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think NHL had the EA Sports Hockey League. Oh, where yeah. You can play. Uh, that. It's like a pro clubs type of thing. So I played yeah. that with a bunch of my buddies as well. Yeah, right on. Um, you Do you play soccer? Like, do you? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually play play in, uh, played in League One for quite a bit before. I got injured. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's got a touch. He's got a touch. Yeah. yeah um, think, I mean, I've never played. So do you think that makes you better at FIFA if you've actually kicked the ball in earnest in, in real life outside? Um, I would say to a certain uh, extent because um, obviously you need the IQ when you're competing mm-hmm. at a high level. And I feel like having that soccer background kind of helps you a bit. But at the same time, I think it has to do a lot of with like – your reactions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and how good you can be on the sticks as well as yeah. having the you know soccer just, IQ. How quickly just you can playing think. all, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just playing all the other sports games kind of help as well. I know athletes talk often about you know, especially coming up, they played multiple sports before you know specializing in one. Is there little things you get out of playing you know an NHL or a two K that maybe help you in FIFA? Um, see the the thing about like FIFA like ultimate team is like you're alone, you know, you're controlling 11 players where in like when you're playing NHL EA sports hockey league, it's you and right. Other buddies are same with 2k. Yeah. So it's you controlling the whole team where you don't have that kind of team camaraderie and team aspect going into the game, stuff like that. Yeah. that makes. So it is very different then. Yeah. Playing call of duty or Fortnite really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Phil, you're you're one of Canada's best FIFA players, uh, uh, Red Bull athlete. Um, There's that Red Bull connection, of again. course. <laughs> yeah, yeah there Bull. you go. Um, of course, you're representing yeah, Toronto FC and, and the EMLS, but that takes a lot of commitment, doesn't it? Like, can you take us through one of your average sort of days? I usually, down? oh man, honestly, just to my average days, usually you know, wake up. Eat breakfast, you know, come to my room, play play some, you know, friendlies with other professional players, not just in the EMLS, because there's crazy amount of talent in North America, just in general, that aren't in EMLS. You know, practice against them. Um, very good friends with uh, the Chicago player as well. He mm-hmm. represents mm-hmm. Chicago Fire. So I play friendly with him a lot. And uh, it's pretty much my day. <laughs> how many how many games do you, you play, like, a day? Oh, man, I want to say, like... I'll say like at least 30, 30. Yeah, at least like 30 to 40 is days. Key. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency yeah, yeah. is key. All right, Phil, let's talk a little AMLS. Um, 
you know, in the past couple of years, you've done you've done fairly well. I think last season in particular, you finished top eight in each of the three events: uh, League Series One, League Series Two, and you know, of course, the MLS Cup. Um, but you haven't quite got over that hump. Eh? You haven't quite got to the, the, the that championship that, of course, obviously you want. There's that you're always so there. consistent. How is that? <laughs> how is that changing this year? Because I feel like you know you're you're on the come up here. You've been you know highly rated. I think you're you're number one. You're tied for first in North American uh, Global Series there. That the points. Um, how how is that changing this year? Like, do you change your your mentality going into the competition, or what's what's different? Oh uh, yeah, honestly, like uh, me and Shane always talk about this. You know, like. We're always we're always like top eight finishing you know semifinals the MLS Cup you know coming up short winning the actual thing, mm-hmm. um, and I've honestly like dedicated a lot you know the past couple of years playing, and I just want to win something you know especially it would mean a lot to win like the MLS Cup you know because when I first signed I was gonna say like like I said in one of the interviews like I want to bring back you know the MLS Cup to Toronto and that's when. Toronto FC ended up beating Seattle in the finals in Toronto. Like that's when the league first started. So they're saying like, Oh, do you think you'll win it? And I'm like, honestly, like, I hope so. <laughs> mm-hmm. But every year you're, you're a contender. I mean, if you read all the articles on the MLS and MLSsoccer.com, they have you up there as, you know, one of the potential dark horses or even sometimes even the favorites to, you know, go far in that competition. Um, your consistency has been so key. How do you, how do you do that? Like day in, like competition in competition out, you're one of the few on the, on the, the scene that can do that yeah honestly it goes it goes back to like um how much time you put in you know that's mm-hmm. that's like that's the biggest thing with you know fifa is like the more time you put in the, the greater you'll be at the game and honestly with being ranked as like a favor for emls you know it's like i expect that just because of you know what i've done in the previous years for north america you know, FIFA esports. For sure, bro. In, talk in your talk, world, man. Right? Yeah, talk yeah. your talk. Let's go. Live your truth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I feel like that's why they regard me as one of the favorites. And honestly, like I, I know myself. Like I'm, I'm up there with the, with the top guys. Like I can, you know, I can beat them on like any day. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have in in like offline or like not official competitions too all the time. I'm sure. You yeah. Oh, of course. Like even like um, Diddy. Like you know, he's always ranked like first or second. You know, yeah. in like outside of EMLS, I've beaten them like a few times in like EA majors, you know? So it's like, I know I have that in me, you know, to beat these yeah. guys. It's just like, it's just the bounces you get that day that go uh-huh. your way or go against you, you know? Yeah, and so. especially with the last EMLS cup where it was, you know, online, it wasn't like, uh, like, uh, how they usually do it when it's like in, in studio. person. Yeah. yeah. Studio. So you have to play with the connection, you know, Depending on where the guy lives, you know, we're we're pretty far away from everybody else, right? The closest club would be Montreal. So Yeah, you played someone in, in Brazil last year, didn't you? Yeah, the Atlanta United player was um he couldn't travel to the States because of all the travel restrictions. Of course. So we had to play me from Toronto to where he was in Brazil. And yeah. That was fun. That's, <laughs> That's right. you're, you'll be navigating those challenges though again this season. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Mitch. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just don't think about, you know, the like obviously COVID affects everything, but you don't think about how it would affect the the video game world as much as, you know, the, certainly the the first team. But yeah, it's, it's, it seems to affect everything, certainly. Everything. Yeah. 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 It honestly does. And um, I feel like even though we were playing on, you know, 100 ping, I, I was still winning that game. And then he ended up tying it in the 90th and I ended up losing in 10. So weeks. close. So, like, Such a heartbreaker. So it's like, you know, when I look back at those type of things and I'm like, you know, if I can just uh, conquer that, you know, two minutes in game time where, you know, I can see out the game, you know, there I am to the conference finals, one step closer to the EMLS Cup yeah. final. So. And I think that's what it's all about, right? It's it's take it's getting stronger, it's getting better, and it's, you know, what you can take away and what you can use to improve. And uh, it's great that you have those experiences, even though obviously you'd rather be on the other end of things. And you know, this season, Phil, we're rooting for you, buddy, because a couple, yeah, couple massive it. games. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, man, I have I have so many questions. I'll, I'll start with the one I just wrote down. Um, do you get – do they? does EA call you guys about uh, uh, what they're planning to update on a year-by-year basis and get your input? Do you, do you ever get any of the EA programmers asking you, you know, specific techie questions? Um, no, they usually don't. I know they handpick some of the pros that they uh, contact. I – Certainly don't know any people from North America that I've been contacted, you know, 
mm-hmm. to get like a review back from the game. I know when the beta rolls out, there's like a forum that comes out, and you know you can tap on the forum, say what you want. But usually, sometimes it don't even. Yeah, yeah. You know? If you're watching this, come on, you reach out to your boy uh-huh. Phil. I'm sure he has a bunch to say about FIFA. Yeah, I mean, I'm I just it. honestly, I you know what it is. It's I feel like FIFA is is like one of those uh, game titles where it's so hard to please the casual and the pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. If, like, I don't for know, sure. Mike, I don't know if you know you've played FIFA before, but of course, you, you know, like it's so hard to please a casual and a pro at the same time. You know, you obviously need to. Majority of the um, your sellers are like casual players you know there's FIFA like, ultimate team too yeah right yeah a yeah, lot of people yeah, are into yeah, FIFA ultimate that. team mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm gonna it's get just there. hard to please both worlds and i think that's what they struggle with yeah so i'm gonna sure. i'm gonna flip my question order then uh and i'm gonna read it verbatim fifa keeps introducing no game modes easily the most divisive has been fifa ultimate team and also possibly the most successful what, what is your opinion on fifa ultimate team is it good for the game good good for ea sports or is it going on down a dark path? I bet you didn't expect that question, Phil. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's that's, that's, a, that's a tough one because I do think um, for EA as the company, I feel like Ultimate Team is like their their best seller. Like maker, that's yeah. that's you know where they make a huge. You don't have to whisper, it, Phil. It's not a secret. They're <laughs> <laughs> not asking you for, for input anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly feel like it's it is. It honestly is like ultimate team is like um taking next big steps each year you know it's either like introducing new ledges into the game or mm-hmm. adding new game modes into the game i know this year they added it added a 2v2 aspect where you know if me and you have an ultimate yeah. team, we could play together versus two other people that have two ultimate teams so it's it's, 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 yeah. it's like they're making big steps and it's like nice to see but sometimes when when the gameplay doesn't correlate with the game it's like kind of it's kind of tough frustrating it's frustrating yeah like i've spent 40 hours just getting chemistry upgrade <laughs> you know, I, I played a single match of fifa like nobody's <laughs> and i'm just sitting there like figuring out how to get more coins and then my game and then it's five hours later and i haven't played a single actual game of fifa so you, you know when i stopped playing ultimate team jeff is mm. i was actually in an event with phil i think last year uh, or the year before, before all of this COVID thing. And, you know, I spent six months, you know, building up my ultimate team. And it was pretty, pretty good, I, I thought. And I yeah. pull up my phone. I'm going to show this guy. <laughs> like, show this guy my ultimate team. And he literally laughs me off. He's like, one of his players is more expensive than my entire team. And as soon as I saw that, after I put six months of time into this, I was like, okay, enough with ultimate team. Well, Let's I go. don't, I don't <laughs> understand the marketplace. Like, why is one Fabregas like 600 FIFA coins and the other one like 12,000 FIFA coins? I don't get it. It's like, it's collecting. Overall rating, Jeff, you got to get the better card come on (laughs) okay my second question what are some pro tips that you would give any noob to help them slay at fifa if you uh just off off the top of your head and why is it not mashing the speed up button on the the (laughs) (laughs) Um, so do you want like gameplay tips or like just like in general i want to be better so just tell me what i need to do like okay what i want to know but before you get into what first thing you do like when i go into menu i'll press pause and i'll change a few settings you know what are some of those settings that you change um honestly i have like a i don't even pause it and do that i have it rearranged before the game even starts so um if you go to your team you can actually set up to four formations that you can change to in a click of a d-pad right mm-hmm. so, so there's like the ultra defensive defensive attacking and ultra attacking i think it is mm-hmm. so you can set up your custom tactics i know there's like you know you, should, you can go on youtube and type in you know fifa 21 custom tactics and there's like a bunch of pros that you know have released their actual tactics that they have used you know in qualifying to events or even, you know, foot champions, which, you know, weekend league, whatever it is. It's like the 30 games you play throughout the weekend type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, to get better, I think, honestly, it's 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 a lot of time consuming. You need to, like, actually grind the game and mm-hmm. learn the overpower type of mechanics that are added, you know, every year. I know this year they did, like, the... So you can chain a skill move and then you can, like, cancel a skill move midway, right, by holding mm-hmm. the both triggers. So, like, halfway through the... Skill move, you can, change you know, direction. yeah, you can change direction mm-hmm. or even you can cancel the skill move and you get with standstill. Um, I think that was like a big new feature they did. And um, they also added a one where you 
kind of like kick the ball forward and run around the defender. It's called the bridge. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people have been complaining about this on Twitter recently, actually, and I think EA might patch it. So, but mm-hmm. I but try I, to take advantage of it while you can, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's actually that's the thing. Um, like all these moves that are added in every year, people people complain about all the time, and it's just I feel like for the casual, it's hard to like adapt to these moves because. I you have to do them in certain situations. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. What are these like Hadoukens in Street Fighter? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's I, honestly, yeah. man, to, to like to to take to the next level, to take yourself to the next level. You know, even if you want to be like you're an average FIFA player, you want to be an above average FIFA player. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be a pro. You don't want to, you know, you don't you don't have time to play as a pro. You can of just, course. You honestly just like you need to do a couple things. Tweak some stuff in your gameplay. Uh, skill moves as well. That's a big thing. You know, adding adding skill moves to your game is is huge. You know, you can't be predictable every time you go down the field. You got Jeff mm-hmm. typing this down frantically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found that slowing the game down, like not just like rushing for a cross, really helps. Especially when I'm playing against like uh, non-computer players. Like, oh, just yeah. if I just bomb the flanks, they're gonna destroy me. I'm gonna get torched. Okay. Yeah, that's another that's another big thing to how I play. Actually, I don't really like uh, fast attack fast. You know, no, I've noticed it, that when I've watched you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, usually like, you. yeah. The more you put your you put the game into your own tempo, like the more results you'll see. Like the yeah. more you control the game, the better. <laughs> And correct me if I'm wrong, but would you say like defense is almost more important than it is offense? Because uh, a lot of people, when they see soccer, they like to dribble and whatnot. But how how important is it defending in, in FIFA? Oh man, honestly, defending is, is uh, su- super important. But I think it goes to equal with attack. You know, because yeah. you can you can defend for say 90 minutes, and if the game not, is tied, you know, anything, you, yeah. you need the points, especially with yeah. um, like you know MLS, like a lot of games where it's only a best out of one in the league series is like you need to take advantage and score i feel like like scoring early is huge scoring the first goal is like a, you know huge because you can actually <laughs> control the game mm-hmm. yeah for sure got a question from uh, eric g <laughs> Phil, what is your favorite game <laughs> <laughs> i heard you guys have a good squad going there phil you and the tsc <laughs> content team yeah, man, you know we, we actually were we're, we're pretty good, not gonna lie. I, I didn't when I first played with them, I didn't expect them to be good. You know, I obviously didn't expect them to be. He's just saying that because you're listening, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and there's times where I, you know I'm I'm on the mic with them and I'm just like Eric, like like don't do that, man. You know he'll do like a random skill move, like <laughs> lose the ball, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like Eric, you. what are you doing? Or even Adam. Michael, you know Adam, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Even him, he'll do like the most random stuff, and you know, I'll be like Adam, what are you doing? Got to pull these kids play, back. Play with me, I'm all studs out tackle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's even funny. Like when we when we start losing a the game, they they like they take it serious. And we end up smashing the other team, you know. <laughs> well, mostly it's just fun at games. You know, obviously don't expect yeah. those guys to be amazing yeah. at the game. For right. sure, that's that's good. Yeah. Good banter, and it's good that you have that relationship with all of them, man. And I mean, that's you're a gamer, and you get to do that with TFC. That's the perfect kind of crossover, especially for you know a kid growing up. Um, they're definitely inspiring a lot of you know youth gamers that are coming because you talked about it when you were growing up. You didn't have a PlayStation, or like yeah. you had to rent one out. You know, the everyone nowadays, I swear, everyone's growing up with consoles. I have like three. You know what I mean? So. It's it's crazy to see how far, crazy to think how far this can go, um, and I I really do believe this is sort of just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, tonight or this competition you're you're playing for, I think there's fifteen thousand US dollars on the line, which um, is a nice pocket change. But I feel like that's going to grow even more enormously, like you know, in, in the next couple of years. Um, Mitch, you had one last question there for for Phil before we let we let the kid go. I love this question. I love this question. Yeah, we had to. We have to ask this. We know you're the best FIFA player at the club, but which senior? No, that's team Eric. Player? That's Eric. Now we know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, apparently that's Eric Jagamani. <laughs> but which uh, which uh, senior team player is best? I've heard Oso is pretty good. Oh man, I think I've played like, I think it was FIFA 18 Marketing Day. I think I played like so many of them. I played mm-hmm. Geo. Played also too. I'm actually good friends with uh, Osario's younger brother Anthony. Mm-hmm. Like um, through like real life soccer, I met him right and like and league one so, there. 
yeah so it was it was pretty fun like when i when i was playing against them because like you know i always told anthony like yo if i ever play your brother like i'm gonna like i'm gonna like like, no mercy no literally it was the 30th minute it was three nothing and he just didn't want to play anymore oh no it was uh but uh, I think- <laughs> did you play as Cavani and did he play as uh uh sorry sorry I'm uh oh man the El Tonka what's his name again uh, Oh Cavallini you're thinking of Yeah did you play as Cavallini <laughs> <laughs> No, no we, we we played Toronto FC versus Toronto FC when we played uh, uh, yeah like we we didn't use any other teams so like Yeah it, yeah it was pretty cool but uh yeah, I played a bunch of them but I'd say the best one I like I know, Marky plays a lot of Ultimate Team. Mark oh yeah, Ricardo, so you guys like, had a you guys had a pretty good run there at the the event that was broadcasted during the pandemic. It was televised actually on TSN, yeah. I think it was, and that was mm-hmm. really cool to follow. Um, but how did that sort of so before we let you go? But how did that sort of come to fruition? Well, he didn't answer the question. I mean, he, he didn't answer it in the nicest way possible. But <laughs> I want an answer. I, I'd, say, I'd say I'd say Marky Delgado. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I'd, I'd say Marky. Nice. Yeah. So how how was Marky the guy that represented Toronto FC in that tournament? How did that? You know, I, honestly, I don't honestly don't know. I, I that, you, that you just got you just got the Emma. You just got yeah. The I just you know she told me like let's go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like they're partnering they're partnering up with you with Marky and you know good luck to you, both of you and I'm like yeah and it was for you know a great cause I think it was for a charity if whoever won it you get to choose a charity to donate that money to uh, yeah so that that's really cool too and I, I see oh, you I remember that interact on Twitter yeah, yeah. so that's that's that cool was when that Chicharito was on the LA Galaxy team right yeah yeah <laughs> it was like uh there's a bunch of big names actually that played in that thing you know mm. Chicha I think was one of them uh don't remember the rest actually I, I only remember Chicha because yeah. he was just he was chirping like nobody's business. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, well, we'll let you go here, Phil. Thank you so much for taking the time, and obviously, best of luck with qualifying. But cheering yeah. on, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys for having me, and uh, you know, thank you so much for your we'll support. Absolutely, yeah, for us. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, um, you know. Obviously, we talk about all the ways that Canadian soccer are trending up, and sometimes we leave, you know, the esports aspect out of that. But it is so important for for multiple reasons. Well, one, esports is growing in a way that you know is is exponential. But obviously, FIFA's big as well. Like even it's just quickly sharing a it's a, it's a universal language, man. Yeah, it's the way I got into the sport was uh, blockbusters. Remember those? They had a two for two for one uh, video game deal on NBA Two K. I don't know, five, uh, like five when okay. NBA. Two, Alan Iverson on the cover or what? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I think it was actually Vince. So it might have been 2004 mm. then. Might have been, I don't know. Anyway. Um, and then there was a FIFA game as well. And I just love the FIFA game right away. Like that's how mm-hmm. I learned everything about soccer. I wasn't a soccer fan at all. Like I might have yeah. watched a couple World Cup games, but that's how I got into it. All the teams, all the players. I remember you know, doing some damage with Rude Van Nistelrooy in that game on Manchester United. So, like, yeah, yeah, that's why it's so important that, like, the national teams in the game now, hopefully Campiel can follow. But, like, FIFA is huge for for the growth huge. of soccer. And, yeah. obviously, you know, the MLS and, and Phil are doing huge things for, for that as well. Well, yeah, well, one thing I want to oh, add. Yeah, it's one thing I want to add. There was uh, Canada soccer is, you know, last season they were – putting together an e-national team and of course phil was in the mix to be one of the people representing that team obviously pandemic put those you know the the plans to aside and push plans to aside but i think that's something we could also watch out for you know in the, in the near future because i think they're going to get back to that stage canada basketball just launched its first ever e-national team um mm-hmm. and i think esports is just blowing up and we'd be looking at what mlsc is doing just give them a quick shadow with the raptors uprising and you know leafs gaming and of course what they're doing with phil and, and tfc there um it, it's it's another market if if for you know the next gen of fans that are coming up and yeah, all the gamers that can relate go watch these guys because these guys sweet stream their games on twitch and you know it's it's a completely different market um a lot of people probably, you know, won't be watching this that are in that market because I can't even tell you. It's like three times the size of TFC Live. Um, these gamers are, it's a niche, niche, niche thing. And these gamers are really passionate. So it, it's a, it's a, it's an event going to check out a, a film match because the, the chats pop in and uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a TFC game. There, there's a real buzz yeah. around it. Nice. Nice. 
proper yeah. bands. I'm, I'm all for bands. I love bands. So put me in a situation <laughs> where bands exist and everything's amazing. Oh yeah. Before we wrap up this week's show, I think there's there's one more bit of news that I wanted to get to, and you know I want to definitely talk about the Canadian women's national team more on this show. Um, they haven't been doing much in in the time we've been running this show, unfortunately. So that's that's part of the reason why we haven't talked about them a lot. But big news coming out this week that they'll be part of the She Believes Cup with Brazil, the United States, and Japan in in late to mid February. Uh, kind of around robin tournaments, Canada will get to play all three of those teams, all of which are in the the top ten in the world. Um, you know, obviously welcome news and, and big news because I was looking at, uh, you know, some of the friendlies they played before the last World Cup and, and the year they had leading up to that. And they didn't really play very many good teams. They had England and, and Sweden mixed in there, but there were a lot of, you know, not not easy friendlies, but like it, it, friendlies they would be expected to win. These are three games against top competition that are obviously going to give them a, a solid game. So and Olympic op- opponents as well, I believe. So uh, exciting news, certainly. How's that for your debut, Brev? Eh? That's, that'll be her first, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be her first time on the sideline there coaching, uh, you know, the Canadian women national team after she was appointed in, in November there, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So um, that's yeah. something to look, finally, finally, something to yeah. look forward to. You know what I mean? It, it's been so long. March 10th was the last time the ladies took the field. And again, wow. as I mentioned, that was the Ternoy de France. Wow. Um, Damn. Yeah, so it's, it's almost been a full calendar year. Um, for the men's national team, same thing, a full calendar year. Um, what I'm Don't super worry, excited... we have Kyle Aaron. He'll save us, right, Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> yeah what i'm super excited about is, is a lot of these these women they've been performing so well overseas and we've been hearing about them during the pandemic um mm-hmm. especially you know the likes of like janine becky kadisha buchanan of course christine sinclair she headlines it um and it's it's no longer just the christine sinclair show for the average canada soccer fan i believe i believe there are a number of names that a lot of people are tuning in to see now and I, i'm excited to see where this women's teams goes because we really don't know what the ceiling is because could they Mm -hmm. you know perhaps you know make a run and upset you know the u.s at and obviously i'm not even talking this tournament talking thing olympics and you know perhaps future world cups but Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's an interesting time for the canadians women national team because it could go either way it's also an interesting bit of serendipity because the the desire for a, an NWSL franchise in Toronto is only heating up. Oh my and God. It's so long overdue. So long yeah. Overdue. But this is only, this can, this can only help. You know what I mean? This can yeah. only help uh, get the people that hold the purse strings a little less reser- uh, reluctant to, to open the wallets. And uh, it's, it's a good measure of eyeballs in terms of the people that are willing to watch it. So that's a great show. That's a great yeah, show. But again, that, that, NWSL to Toronto team is is so long overdue. I think we should stress that again because mm-hmm. there needs to be a professional, like a you know a top tier professional women's team in, in Canada, let alone Toronto. I actually heard something that I I don't know if it's real or not, but is the is the expansion fee for NWSL hovering around ten million dollars? Is it that low? I would I would I'm not too yeah, sure. I'm I'm, I'm not. Uh... I mean, granted, well, I don't have ten million dollars sitting around. So yeah, you know what I mean. But <laughs> you think yeah, some sure. combination of Canadian soccer, you know, Toronto FC, obviously MLSE's got that money. There's no doubt about that. Unless um, he has that money to spend on one player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so why not? Uh, why not build the team and and that sort of thing? So yeah, I think we're all clearly in well, agreement that's just to get that. to the table that 10 million is is just to sit at the table right yeah, yeah, yeah no that's that's yeah, a hypothetical yeah. number yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. a lot yeah. that goes into that mm-hmm. yeah it's not a turnkey operation it's not like you get christine sinclair no, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a full <laughs> roster at yeah, 10 million yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, you know i mean i i don't even think tfc was that cheap i think tfc was 30 million dollars if memory mm-hmm. serves so yeah tfc was they were on the cheaper end, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially considering yeah. where they are now. Hey, good investment, guys. Good investment. Maybe yeah, you should I mean, do the same for yourself. It's not a lot of not a lot of kablinky, you know what I mean? Like, and we've never had the the same level of facilities, certainly in this country, and fields and all those sorts of things that that would be needed in this case. So everything's there. All the you know, just someone needs to step up and and make this happen for for sure. Um, mm-hmm. 
Let's all right. Let's talk about Kyle Larrant. No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll <laughs> there will be some show down the line where Jeff and I will yell at each other about that. Um, but mm. we should probably end uh, the show. Four goals, man. You can't. They got to give a shout out for those performances at least. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That... Yeah. Fine. Five five goals this week. One assist. He's got Besiktas first place in. in and the echo what you league. echo what you tweeted out, Mitch, because he deserves a shout. He's he's the best striker in Canada right now. You know, Jay Dave's kind of struggling at at Lille right now. Um, look, Io's good, yeah. no doubt about that. We we don't know if he's fully part of Canada's system yet. He he's in that conversation. Cavallini had a decent year, but nobody's putting up goals like Laren, and he's doing it at a pretty solid level in in you know the Turkish league. So second in well, the league until, in scoring. Until and, goes there and then just tears <laughs> the <league> apart. <laughs> yeah. I thought- we'll, we'll, yeah, so I thought Cavalina had a pretty underwhelming year, actually. Um, but that's a different can of worms we can yeah. probably don't have to open right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I did it to myself. I'm going to call him Cavani for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I, well, to be fair, I said Greg Vanny was going to LAFC to start the show. So hopefully... That's uh, Michael's we, fault. That's, that's yeah, Michael's fault. That, that is I'll fair. Take, I'll take blame <laughs> well, on that. Hopefully as we, uh, as we get into <laughs> season two more here, we uh, you know get back into game shape. But uh, you know, thanks again, certainly, to to Phil for dropping by. Um, you know, Obviously, best of luck for him and the rest of series one. We'll all be... All be tuned in, I think, a little more now and, and you know, checking out what he's doing. So check out his qualifiers tonight. And then I think, uh, what is it, the 16th, 17th that the, the tournament proper uh, yeah, this weekend. takes place? Yeah, this weekend. So obviously, the quarterfinals and like a bracket cell kind of competition. So yeah. if Phil can do well tonight and tomorrow, he'll qualify for that final eight again. And, you know, once, once he's in there, anything can happen. It's just one game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a uh, huge thank you, of course, to Kevin and Sophia at Footy Talks for all the work they continue to do for the show on behalf yeah, of Yeah, it was nice Justin to be Michael. a talent again as opposed to <laughs> Very relaxing. He couldn't let me get through my intro, could you? I appreciate all of you, though, for tuning in. Until next Tuesday. Cheers, guys. Uh-huh.